Hey there, everybody. Welcome once more to Greenlight Reviews. My name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we're going to review a film, a gangster film, Mm -hmm. and that's just about all we can say about it. It's about gangsters. It's called Kill the Irishman. Yes, it is. It stars Ray Stevenson, Vincent D'Onofrio, Val Kilmer, and Christopher Walken, and a bunch of Italian actors that you've seen in a million other films also playing mobsters. Uh This is based on a true story Mm -hmm. set in Cleveland about an Irish mobster named Danny Green. He was a longshoreman. He rose to become president of that union, and then he starts taking over the mob. And of course, the Italians here in Cleveland didn't like him for that, and they keep trying to kill him. Correct. Hence the title, Kill the Irishman. Irishman. And actually, they want to bomb the Irishman. Yes, that was a big deal here in Cleveland. In fact, in Cleveland alone in 1976, there were 37 car bombings. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a lot. Well, there was another bombing the other day when I saw this movie. Okay. You know, I think when they made Kill the Irishman, someone should have yelled, kill the picture, because this movie really was not very well done. It's probably a really good I'm going to say novel or accounting of the character Danny Green and all of the events that he was part of. But I think on screen, unfortunately, the movie was probably made for a buck and a half, and it looks that way. Cleveland comes off appearing as though it's the vacant lot capital of the world. (laughs) Now, it wasn't shot here. It was shot in Detroit. So now all I know of about Detroit is that Detroit must be the vacant lot capital of the world. Listen, Cleveland is not Santa Barbara. We know that, but it sure ain't Detroit either. Well, and it's not all vacant lots, and it's not all corner booths and the theatrical grill. This is the most unimaginatively shot film, and it's very narrow. It's very limited, just like the character that Danny Green comes off as in this movie. He doesn't have dreams of becoming a great gangster. He doesn't have any kind of fabulous ideas about how he's going to rock the mobster world. So therefore, there's nothing very exciting about him. He's kind of a middle management thug who gets along in Cleveland and he has some fairly interesting friends and he sort of wants to run the Longshoremen's Union. But you know, after a while, Les, the movie is just a collection of bombing events and a lot of racial epithets. And that's part of the main reason why I could not stand this movie. I thought the use of racial jokes and the way they peppered the script with them for no reason whatsoever. They're Italian jokes, they're Jewish jokes, they're Irish jokes. Polish jokes. Polish jokes, black jokes, I mean. But I don't find that that's interesting after two or three minutes. And by the way, it gets in the way of what we're supposed to be looking at it, which is the rise and fall of a two-bit gangster. I'm remembering a wonderful movie called The Rise and Fall of Legs Diamond. That was a terrific B movie that starred Ray Danton. It was about a gangster trying to get in on the big time in New York. Here you have a similar situation, but the bottom line is the character of Danny Green doesn't have any dreams. He's nothing. And that's the problem with the movie, or at least the way this particular screenplay portrays this guy. Okay. There was a book written about 15 years ago called To Kill the Irishman by Rick Perello. Rick Perello is now currently the chief of police in Lindhurst which is a Cleveland suburb. He's a good guy. I know him. I've read the book. The book is terrific. Yes, I'm sure it is. It's nonfiction, by the way. And Danny Green and Shonda Burns, the other mobster in the film played by Christopher Walken. These guys were loved by everybody except 
other mobsters. If you walked into the theatrical, a restaurant that was very big here in Cleveland, and you saw him and you said, hi, Mr. Green, or hi, Danny, he'd buy you a drink. He'd buy you drinks for the rest of the evening. He was a very generous guy. He was a very kind guy. Everybody liked him. Everybody liked to be around him. He was a funny guy. He was a funny Irish guy. Unfortunately, in this film, we don't see any of that part of him. Uh-huh. All we see, and this is the truth, but it's only part of the truth. Uh-huh. All we see in the film is his brutality, his criminality, his wanting to take over the mob and make a lot of money and be the boss of everything. And as a result, we don't feel anything for him. Mm-hmm. Sure, he was a mobster. Sure, he did bad things. Well, he was a cheap mobster. You yeah, know what I right. mean? He was petty. His ideas were not really on a grand scale. That's right. You have to dream big in order to have your life depicted on the screen. And I don't think that Danny Green was a big dreamer. But you compare Danny Green to Vito Corleone or Michael Corleone. That's my point, Les. It just ain't there. This movie is not Goodfellas. It's not Wise Guys. It's not Pritzy's Honor. It's not Married to the Mob. It's just another mob movie. And unfortunately, it takes place in Cleveland. And, you know, I was really sorry that this movie depicts Cleveland in such a modest way. I mean, there's nothing exciting about the city and there's plenty in this place to be excited about, but they certainly don't show it in this film. And I want to make one statement, too, about the casting here. A lot of big-name actors here in Kill the Irishman. They're all very capable. I think Ray Stevenson, by the way, has a lot of charisma. I just don't think he's right to play Danny Green. He's too old, for one thing. But Shondor Burns was certainly a dapper fella. He ran the Jewish mob here in Cleveland. And as you mentioned earlier, he's played by Christopher Walken. I don't think that was good casting at all. Christopher Walken has such an eccentric manner about him, and he's played so many comedy roles that when he comes off to play a menacing guy like Shonda Burns, he sounds more like a gangster and not a gangster. Well, you're right. You're right. So that part of the movie went out the window. You know, I like watching him. When we first are introduced to him, the first thing he says to Danny Green is in a restaurant that he owns, and he says, here, try this. It's beef stroganoff. And he gives him a spoon to try this beef stroganoff. And I thought, that's clever. This is going to be an interesting take on this character. That was it for Christopher Walken. I never thought stroganoff was one of the funnier dishes in life, but uh, (laughs) call me crazy. I've never written a comedy sketch where anyone said stroganoff, (laughs) but if it made you laugh less, I'll remember that. Yeah, write that down. I'll put it in my next comedy script. In real life, Danny Green was a very, very dapper guy. He always wore green jackets and green ties and green shirts. He was very, very Irish. In this film, he looks like he just walked off the waterfront. Yeah. He looked like a bum, even when he was wealthy and rich and powerful. He didn't look right. It's an unimaginative guy being portrayed that way on the screen. And you know what? That doesn't work for two hours. You have to be pretty darn fascinating in order to engage an audience. It's dull is dull, period. And this guy comes off like a dull gangster. Well, I think you're right, unfortunately. It's too bad. This is not a slam at the book. It's not a slam at any of those people who created the nonfiction piece. But it's not a good movie. And for that reason, I'm really sorry to say, Kill the Irishman is going to have to get a red light from me, despite its good intentions to bring fame to the best location in the nation. I'm afraid we have to settle for just a little more infamy. Well, and I didn't like this film very much, as I have said. Right. However, 
I've got to announce up yes. front that I am very, very loyal to Cleveland. Okay. It's where I live. It's where I choose to make my home. It's where I've chosen to make my career. I'm very, very fond of Cleveland. Yes. Even though this film doesn't show any of it. <laughs> but there are people who live in Cleveland who are going to want to see this film just because it's about Cleveland, okay. despite the fact that it looks like Detroit. And so for that reason, I am giving this a very flickering, barely alive yellow light. That's it. A red light and a yellow light for Kill the Irish. How about forget about it? Forget about it, sure. And forget about all the other good actors who pop up in this film, like Paul Sorvino and Tony LoBianco and Steve Sharipa. You just can't believe any of them here. So we're going to forget about it now, indeed, and review another film very, very soon. I look forward to that, as we always do. Until that time, my name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that all of you are going to have a better time than 37 Explosions the next time you're at the movies. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts.